West Bowles. Merry Christmas. Thank you, everybody who's joining us here in person and those of you joining us online. Welcome to our tropical, balmy, 40-degree Christmas Eve service. I just never thought I'd be excited for 20-degree temperatures, but here we are. So, well, if we haven't met, my name's Nathan. I have the privilege of being pastor here at West Bowles, and I guess I would just start us off with a question this evening. If you had no calendar, you had no sense of what time of year it is, what would be your cue, what would be your sign that it's Christmas time? I mean, some of you are very audible, and aside from you weirdos that start playing Christmas music in like June, um, you know, we, we tend to wait for Christmas music. When you start hearing Christmas music, you go, okay, all right, it's getting close. Uh, others, it's more like when the relatives show up, right? Like when they show up on the doorstep, it's like, oh, it's that time of year again. Or when you go visit people, you realize, oh, it's Christmas time. And, or if you're like me, maybe you're more visual. You know, years ago I had a lawn business, and in the winter I would clear snow, I'd hang Christmas lights. And so when those calls started coming, I went, oh, it's, it's, it's coming. It's on the doorstep. But have you noticed the thing that has just, something has shifted in the world of yard blow-ups at Christmas time. Have you noticed this? It's, it's crazy. It really is crazy. Our, our little guy, Lincoln, loves yard blow-ups. So here's what we work with, okay? Here's a picture of him. He is the one on the right, in case you're wondering. But, I mean, we're talking a couple feet high, all right? And so we thought, yeah, it's pretty good. And then I went and visited my sister one day, and two doors from them is this. Okay, so that thing is about 20 to 25 feet high, and I went, wow, okay, that takes the cake, until I saw what I saw last night, and this, this is just a few miles down the road, the neighborhood, you know, where Lily Gulch is, okay, just drive into it, and you'll see it, because you will see this when you enter the neighborhood, wow, yeah, just phenomenal, right, so I would guess that it belongs to the house on the right, but I hope it belongs to the house on the left. Here's why. Because what that would say is, house on the right, no matter how many decorations you put up, ours will eat all of yours. And your house. And your family. Okay, so Merry Christmas. But, but this is the kind of thing that kind of catches our eye and says, well, okay, Christmas is here. Right? We, we all have this in us. Right? There's always something at Christmas that catches our attention. And, and as I thought about this, I realized that when you even look at the Christmas narratives in the Bible, it's often the, the really big stuff that our eye is drawn to. I mean, just look at Luke chapter 2, verse 9. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2 for a few minutes this evening. But listen to this. Verse 9, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Them are some shepherds that we'll get to. But when he says them, he's referring to a, some shepherds in a field. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And I thought, I bet they were. I mean, if any of us encountered that, we'd be filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And immediately, you just, you just open 
to one of these well-known Christmas passages, and one of the first things we're reminded is that God, when he said unto you a Savior is born, he did not intend for that unto you to be unknown to you or to anybody around you. In fact, many of you, you may have experienced something like this. You know, when news just gets out. In fact, I think it was last Sunday. Uh, How many of you were maybe awoken by an alert, a shelter-in-place alert in the middle of the night? Oh, you're still mad. I can tell you're all shaking your your heads. I found out this week that the police issued a shelter-in-place alert, and it was intended to go to 40 homes in the area. It went to 160,000 homes at like one in the morning. So that is oops, right? And yet God says, no, 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 I've got good news. It's not an alert that you need to be worried about. This is good news and I intend to get it out. Remember what the angel said? I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. It's a lot of people, isn't it? And so when you, when you think about that, the next question in our mind should be, I mean, if, if you were God, how would you go about that? I mean, many of us, we would probably go, well, maybe some Black Friday sales. You know, maybe we'd play some Christmas music. Maybe we'd all get together. It'd be a big feast. It'd be very visible. It'd be very loud. You know, a, a big Jesus blow up in the yard kind of thing. That's, that's how we think. And yet God, God whose ways are not like our ways, he does it totally different. And if you can tune in to how God actually did it, if you could pay attention to that, I really truly believe you'd experience Christmas completely, completely differently. But in order to see how God does it, we got to back up a second. I know I picked up in verse 9, but in verse 8, we actually get the context. In the middle of this thing that, that, that was going on, that maybe wouldn't have caught our eye is where God started doing this. Luke chapter 2 verse 8 says this. In the same region, that is where Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus were, in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, let me ask you a question. Who is the middleman between the angels who have this incredible news to share and all people that they talked about this causing great joy for? Who's the middleman? Shepherds. Now imagine being one of those shepherds. Maybe this is why the angel said, don't be afraid. Because as I look at this verse, this simple, kind of overlooked, kind of ordinary verse, you know what I realize? I don't know any shepherds in here, but I would, I would guess that every single person in here, there is a level of fear that is tied to this verse. Let me explain. First word, let me, I want you to look at is shepherds. Shepherds. Here's what you got to know about shepherds. Shepherds were so dirty and they were so smelly. And, and shepherds weren't really people people. They were sheeple people, right? I mean, you, you hang around with sheep all day long. What do you think the personality is going to be like over time? Yeah, probably not somebody you're going to want to hang out very much with very much, right? These were guys that had to keep an eye out for threats, but not in the form of people, but in the form of predators that would come to take the sheep away. These were guys that were well-versed in in watching nature and the behavior of animals, but I don't know how fun they would have been at a party. In fact, they probably didn't get invited to many parties. In other words, they were very everyday, overlooked, average people. Not many people would have aspired to be shepherds. Now, let me come to us for a minute. I've talked to enough people 
And I've, I've had enough just reflecting on my own life to know that every single person in here at some point, we can look in the mirror and think, I'm just an everyday person, can't we? I mean, you can look in the mirror and you can not see much. You can look in the mirror and you've got maybe a, a narrative about your life. And you think, if I could just be more, if I could just be a little bit more glorious, if I could be a little more like, a little more like, and we look left and we look right. And yet, God showed up in the midst of some everyday people in the form of shepherds. That's where he started with this incredible news. Now, for some of you, maybe that's not as much of an issue for you. For some of you, maybe your battle is tied to another word I want you to see. Shepherds out in the field. Out in the field. In other words, for you, maybe it's not the face in the mirror, but it's the place that you return to every single day. It's the place that looks so ordinary. You know, when I sit down every single week or every single day, let me tell you what I don't plan to go, to go do and, and accomplish great things or anything like that in. It's a field. I don't mean like a sports field. I mean, this was a sheep field full of sheep poop and, and full of all the stuff and the insects and the thistles and the thorns and all that. See, for many of us, we're looking at a place in our lives. And we think, I don't know how anything good could come from there. If I could just be somewhere other than where I'm at, whether it's a physical place that you go to every single day, whether it's a life situation, maybe for you it's where you're spending Christmas this year. And God says, no, no, no. See, in the midst of that place, in the midst of a field, is where I showed up and I brought the good news of Jesus Christ, that Savior born unto you. Now, maybe that's not your thing either. Maybe it's not the face in the mirror, the place that you return to every day. Maybe for you, it's a third part of this verse. And I want you to pay attention to this phrase, keeping watch over their flock. See, it doesn't sound all that exciting, does it? And isn't this the thing we do? We'll look in the mirror and we'll go, gosh, if only I was doing something other than what I'm doing every single day. See, there's a fear that underlies each of these areas. We're fearful that we're not going to become beyond an everyday person. We're fearful that the, we're never going to get beyond the place that we're in in life. We get fearful that what we're doing doesn't matter. It has no impact whatsoever. And God says right there, in the midst of everyday people, in an overlooked place, people carrying out ordinary activities, that's where I say unto you, a Savior is born. Right there. Now, here's what you got to know. God has put unto you, a Savior is born, God has put unto you right in front of you and all around you. And if God, if that's true, if what Luke chapter 2 is showing us, if that's true, then you know what that means? It means we should ask a question. How do I spot that? How do I find that? And the angel says, well, I'm glad you asked because he's about to answer this, right? Verse 11, excuse me, verse 12. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Did you catch what was going on in that sentence? You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. 
In other words, God didn't show up with some special trait that caused you to go, that's God right there. He showed up in a human body. It looks like everyday people. And where was he born? It was a manger. It was this very overlooked place. I mean, their eyes were on the inn. They were hoping that he was at least going to get a birth in the inn. There was no room. And so he sent to a manger, an overlooked manger. And what is the baby doing? Laying there. It's such an ordinary activity, isn't it? And yet, it was in the middle of that that our Savior was swaddled, wrapped up in the middle of all that. Can you see what's going on here? God says, look, I know you're looking up. I know you're looking at the angels. And yet the angels are saying, no, look around. Look around. It's right there in the midst of your everyday people, those people that you encounter every single day. That overlooked place that you just go back to and you go back to and you go back to every day. In the midst of your ordinary activity, your Savior is swaddled up in the midst of all of it. No wonder he started with shepherds. It's like they had had their eyes adjusted for those very things. This is what they were used to. And so, verse 13, we see what happens next. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So you've maybe heard this passage, but do you notice the order here? There's actually something very practically helpful about that statement right there. They go see the Savior, God gets glory, and humanity gains peace, and God is pleased. Well, we mix that up a lot, don't we? I mean, isn't it true? We all kind of look around and we go, I I want myself to be a little more glorious, and I want the place that I go to every single day to have more glory to it. And I want the activities I carry out, I want those to be, to have more glory about them. And yet, for all the striving we do to chase after that and catch it, we have no peace, do we? But God says, no, no, no. If you will open your eyes, if you'll ask me to open your eyes to see your Savior, then God gets the glory and you get peace and God is pleased. You see how that works? And then this is where the shepherds really become, it's like they pull ahead of us. These guys that that are just so, you know, out of sight, out in the fields, they really kind of become guidance for us. In verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse 16, and they went with haste, that is they hurried. And then check out this word, and found. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Now, this is like one of my favorite passages because you you get to read what happens next. The shepherds hurried off and all the sheep got eaten. I mean, it's amazing. Merry Christmas. No, it's not not what happened, okay? Read your Bible and you'll find out what actually happens, okay? (laughs) No. They hurry off and they find amongst everyday people People that look just like you and me in an overlooked place, in an ordinary activity. They find the Savior swaddled. It's exactly like they'd been told. Now, let me talk with you for a second. Because in a few moments, we're going to leave this building. 
and you're going to hurry off, like with haste, right? You're going to go have meals with family and friends and loved ones, maybe exchange some gifts, go to a house. And in the midst of all of it, you know what I'd ask you to do? Find him. Find him. See, it's so easy for us. We get so oriented to church, right? And church is so crucial, so important. But we're used to, I'll see him in a building. I'll see him among church people doing church things. And yet, you know what would be incredible? Is if we could walk out these doors and say, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes to see him in the place that I'm going once I leave here. And so the calendar really, really provides us a unique opportunity this year to try this out. Today's Saturday, which means tomorrow is Sunday. Normally we do church on Sunday. We are actually not having services here tomorrow. And there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, we have a staff that works incredibly, I'm going to brag on them for a minute, incredibly hard to put on Christmas for other people. And so we've said to the staff, go have Christmas with your families. But the other reason for that is actually this passage. Oh, that we would learn to go out these doors and see our Savior swaddled up in the middle of everyday people, overlooked places, ordinary activities. If you could do that, if you could say, Lord, make me vigilant, open my eyes, you know what would happen? You'd experience Christmas very differently. We'll be back in church next week. It's incredibly, incredibly crucial. But tomorrow, I want you to look for him. Because those people that you're with, they're not just relatives, they're not just neighbors, they're not just loved ones. You know what they are? They're people with whom you, in the midst of interacting with them, you can see your Savior there. Those places that you go, whether it's tomorrow or next week, or maybe you're on vacation and it's back to work next week, it's not just work. It's not just school. It's not just your house. It's a sanctuary where God is up to placing your Savior, his unto you, right in front of you, right in the middle of it. Those activities you carry out, you know, you, you, maybe it's gotten monotonous and you're tired of it. You know what it is? It's a ministry. God says, I can leverage that activity that you think there's nothing, I, nothing that can come from it. I can leverage that. I can use that. Or maybe it's somebody else's very ordinary activity he can use in your life and in my life. He says, your Savior is swaddled right there in the midst of all of it. And so as the worship team begins to make their way back up, I guess I'd, I guess I'd, I'd ask you to think of it like this Christmas tradition for some of you guys. You heard of Elf on the Shelf? Yeah, how many of you... You, you do Elf on the Shelf? Okay, so in our house, we do Wooly and Thump, okay? And I got a picture of Wooly and Thump. Okay, <laughs> Wooly is a woolly mammoth, and Thump is a Viking because of our, I mean, it's so clear, our Viking background that I have, okay? It's my heritage. It's that or Hobbit. I'm not sure which yet, but I'll, we'll be letting you know, okay? So we've got Wooly and Thump. And every single day in December, Wooly and Thump, every morning, they show up in a different spot. Okay, you see it right here. They're in the coffee. They're in the refrigerator, okay? They get into the eggs. You know, you keep going. They get into the mixing bowl. They play with the army men, okay? They get into the toilet paper. They, they can play the piano. Eventually, they made their way to the fireplace, started playing Scrabble. 
But here's what I love about this thing that happens in December. Our family wakes up every single day, every member of our family. And we go, where are they at? We begin to look at this, this place that we're in every day with brand new eyes. And it's just searching for them and searching for them. If we'll do that with a little woolly mammoth and a stuffed Viking, how much more ought we to do that with our Savior? To get up every single day and say, Lord, make me vigilant. Show me where my Savior is swaddled in the middle of everyday people, overlooked places, ordinary activities. You spot him because he's faithful to show you. He gets the glory. You get peace. And you've had Christmas every single day of the year. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, your word illuminates so much. And you can take a passage that we've stared at, we've known, we've heard it read to us maybe dozens, if not hundreds of times. And yet, Lord, thank you that you're a God who illuminates our Savior in the middle of all of it. Lord, in those places that we just can't see it, would you open our eyes? Would you open our eyes to the fact that those that we interact with are not just people, they're not an obstacle, they're not a pain, they're possibly an opportunity, possibly an encouragement, possibly a reminder that you are right there at work in our lives. As we look at the places we go to, Lord, remind us, it's not just a place, it's a sanctuary where you're at work. And Lord, as we look at the activity of our hands, Lord, let us see your redemption in all of it. Let us see that you use everything, you waste nothing, so that in the midst of all of it, we would experience no fear, because unto us a Savior is born, and he will have glory through all of it. We pray all this. In Jesus' name, thank you for that baby. Amen.